What's up, NBA fans? We have concluded, almost concluded the NBA playoffs. We are here on NBA fi- on Eve before the NBA Finals. It's Suns versus Bucks. It's two matchup against two teams. Not many of us expected to be here. We totally thought the Lakers would be here. Clippers, Nets, 76ers. Said we get Giannis making his first trip to the NBA Finals. Chris Paul making his first trip to the NBA Finals. And each carrying there a young star with them. Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, and a longtime NBA star here too in Drew Holiday. The Bucks have made it now for the first time since 1974 and the Suns in the Finals since 1993 Sean me and you neither me or you penciled these two teams making to the finals I don't think well I think we both had the Bucks in the second round I I don't I don't remember having the Suns in the second round you know when we're thinking way back to the start of the year (laughs) and you I think you had them also as like an eight seed right yeah potential first rounder team yeah I had them as a seven or an eight seed and I mean, I've already apologized to them a few times, I think, <laughs> on this podcast. So I don't don't feel like I need to do it again. But yes, they they deserve all of the credit. And I did actually have the Bucks beating the Nets when we were projecting out the playoff rounds. I, I thought the Bucks could mm-hmm. beat the Nets, and they did. And obviously, it's like no Kyrie Irving, half a James Harden. They they still did it. And then I, d- I did expect them to be playing the Sixers here, though. So. Um, for for them to be playing against the Hawks instead, that obviously makes their path to the finals a lot easier. Whereas I, I thought, man, if the Sixers were going up against the Bucks, the Sixers would have won that. But here we are, Suns versus Bucks, the two highest scoring guys in on both of these teams. Um, they've been with their team the whole time. Devin Booker drafted yeah. by Phoenix, Giannis drafted by Milwaukee, and they stuck loyal to their teams through all the frustration, through all the strife and the bad years and disappointing performances and they've come out on the other side both in the finals and one of them's going to come out with a championship so it's a pretty good narrative and i mean i i think as far as like maybe casual fans go watching suns versus bucks isn't the most exciting thing but i, I think for us i, I think there's going to be a great finals and obviously I'm, I'm i'm pretty upset that the clippers didn't make it but i, I can't i can't discredit them they gave it a good run yeah i'll, I'll give you from everything you said, back to your the Nets point, I'll give you that, Sean. You, <laughs> I really thought the series was done after watching the first two games yeah. against the Nets. They lost one hundred seven to one fifteen, and then that game two one twenty five <laughs> to eighty six. It, it was over. Oh, like yeah. it really felt like it was over to me. But you kept you penciled it in. You yeah. said you said the Bucks were going to win I that held, series. I held strong. I, <laughs> Yeah, you held strong. Obviously, some crazy things happened. Like Kyrie, you know, fell apart. He he got injured. Uh, James Harden didn't look completely healthy. But you held on, and you (laughs) said the Bucks were going to come out, and and they did, and they survived a couple of other um, things that may not have been timed well, right? Like Miami Heat pushing them to overtime in Game One in that series, and we thought, oh my gosh, Miami's going to punch this team hard again. And then they, they, they you know, they go on and they sweep. <laughs> yeah, and then they go and lose game one against the Hawks, 116-113. But they go they go through, through that and they take care of business. And the Suns also, their narrative going through the defending champs and in the Lakers, taking out the MVP and Jokic and um, taking out a very, very, gru- very grueling series against the Clippers, a team that really wasn't 
you know, didn't go down the way we thought they probably they they had a they we could they could have gone down after they lost Kawhi Leonard. So I, I, I like these two teams in the finals based off everything we've seen in the playoffs. Uh if you would have asked me if these if these two teams would have made it to the finals at the beginning of the year, I would have said no way. <laughs> didn't see it. I mean, still in my eyes, I don't think we're seeing a top five player in the finals right now. Yeah. Um you could argue with all, Giannis, with all the, maybe. There's an argument to be made with Giannis, and I, I'm still reluctant to call him top five after what I've seen, I think, a couple times in these playoffs. But I think for the most part, we're so used to seeing two guys who are juggernauts in the NBA season go at each other in the finals, and we're not getting it this time. Um, so I think for a lot of NBA casuals, that, that that may be a bit surprising, a bit of a letdown. But I think for us, we those who keep up with the NBA regularly, we know we're seeing the two best teams that we that are currently in the playoffs right now facing off with all with health and asterisks and and all that right yeah i mean and both i mean it's so easy to give an asterisk every season like yeah, i mean true, this true. was the bubble last year right i mean how many mm-hmm. asterisks were brought up for it being the bubble and it's just not the same environment i feel like this happens every year it's like unless every single player stays healthy and it's like a perfect scenario it's there's there's no asterisk for that but this is the nba man like people get hurt this Mm -hmm. is a very physical game they don't have pads out there like the nfl and it's not like baseball where no one touches anybody like this is a physical game and the people are gonna get hurt and so if your team's able to grit it out i mean the suns and the bucks are aren't completely they weren't completely healthy this whole time i mean chris paul right game one of the first round against the Lakers hurt his shoulder and they had to overcome that. And then they had Cameron Payne in this Clippers series go out for a few games. I think Chris Paul had, Oh yeah. Chris Paul with the COVID protocols, obviously too. Right. Like, I mean, th- they thought that Chris Paul was cursed and like, Oh, all this success is just going to be for nothing. Cause he's just going to sit out with COVID and they overcame that. And then with the bucks, I mean, look, they beat the Hawks these last two games without Giannis. And they've had their starting shooting guard, Dante DiVincenzo. He's been out the whole time. So, I mean, these aren't irrelevant pieces. I mean, obviously, DiVincenzo isn't a star player, but this is a guy that was a regular part of rotation. They, they've they had to play without, and they've they've overcome it. Yeah, it is. At some point, it is just part of the game. It's part of the journey. And that's why they say winning a championship sometimes there is a bit of luck involved and yeah. that luck is just having the pieces fit in at the right time at the right place. But on that note with Chris Paul, let's jump into the first segment right here. The Suns taking out the Clippers four two to complete that journey to the NBA finals. Overall, this series, I feel like every series with the Clippers has felt like two pieces. <laughs> That's been like the consistent narrative. And this series felt the same way. I think the first two games, uh, felt like it could have easily been split 1-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Clippers fought hard in that first game. In that second game, it looked like they we all but stole it from it. the Suns. <laughs> they were down and they were hanging, they were hanging, and then uh, just found a way to overtake them. In the closing seconds there, Paul George misses those two free throws, Infamous. and then we get a play that will be replayed for years. And it's probably, well, my, it could, has a chance to be DeAndre Aiden's career highlight play. <laughs> you know, if uh, it's t- it'd be tough to, to redo that, but he's got a long career ahead of him still. But that was an incredible play. And, you know, we were talking about that. The Clippers steal that. It's 1-1. And who knows? Maybe that's enough to take this series to seven games. Instead, we go to six. 
And in LA, they pulled off some convincing wins, but the Suns just looked like a different team after after making that play, I think, against the Clippers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that game too, obviously being the pivotal one, but you never know what would happen after that. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that makes the Suns win game three, whereas the Clippers maybe wouldn't win game three and we're, we find ourselves in the same scenario. But, it, right. you know, it, it's it's all what ifs so it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. but i mean it, it did suck at the time man that was that was really painful as a clippers fan but i mean this game six was not what i expected at all i thought the Clippers. Mm-hmm. i mean clippers being on their home floor i was there in the second round against utah i thought right. that gave them a big advantage but i feel like the emotional just I guess just the emotional stress from this series plus the two series before that, I I just feel like they had reached the end of their gas tank. I mean, game five especially, I mean, Paul George was sensational. Like, he looked like the top three MVP candidate he was when he played in that last year with OKC. I mean, 41 points in that game five with, I think, 30 of those points coming in the second half to just close out the Suns on their home floor. And you, you expect him to come back in game six with that same energy. It's like, man, it's really hard to make that two games in a row. I mean, it was very reminiscent of Jimmy Butler in the bubble last mm-hmm. year against the Lakers where he was just putting up, he'd put up these monster performances and he got them those two wins. But like that was all he could muster. And I got the same feeling from Paul George. He came out very passive in game six and never was able to really get it going. And Chris Paul basically mirrored what Paul George did in game five, where he had, I think 30 points in the second half. And just every little run that we made, Chris Paul would just respond with a three or a baseline or like a free throw jumper, his patented shot there. And he, and I mean, 16 to 24 from the field, seven of eight from three on the game. It's just, he, he was getting whatever he wanted, and he wasn't about to let this series slip after getting a 3-1 lead. You could tell he was completely locked in, and it, we were, we had no shot of winning that game once he got in that mode. And, I mean, the Suns, they get full credit, man. Like, this, they, they fought this series hard. They played smart. Monty Williams drew it up every time the Clippers got a win. He responded, and the Suns got a win in return. Yeah, I think that's probably, um, you know, the Clippers maybe have seen saw COVID pre COVID or COVID after effects Chris Paul, but then towards that game six, uh, game five, it looked like he was back and loaded and locked in. Devin Booker also looked like he was going to struggle a bit to start the series, but he locked in. Obviously, you had DeAndre Jordan, but the pieces that the Clippers had, I mean, I don't know. You got to feel a bit good, right, Sean, about what you saw from these pieces: Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, mm. Terrence Mann. Um, obviously we got Pat Beverly, a long timer there. He had some good plays and some not very good plays (laughs) (laughs) to end it there. But I mean, I, I don't want to talk about like what the, what the Suns did really well. And then what the Clippers did really bad. Cause I feel like the Clippers did everything they could Mm -hmm. well, given what they had, but it just simply wasn't just, it just wasn't enough. And I don't think there's any shame in that, in that the Suns really were just a better team. Uh, more pieces that they they had their three stars. Um, I, I gotta commend the Clippers. Marcus Morris, I feel like put together some made some good shots. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, Zub, Zubak in the beginning there. Uh, Paul George. Paul George 
gets a lot of slander, man. But the guy pulled through, I think, in this series mm-hmm. in moments when he could have easily not. And Reggie Jackson, again, dude's getting himself a big payday. And he was pretty emotional there towards the end. And I was really surprised because I feel like he seems to be a really reserved guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could tell this, the emotion was genuine and that this was truly like, and it was on paper too, just an, a breakthrough year for him. And I don't think any he has he's put a performances like these since his OKC playoff run with Rest Westbrook and Duran, which is <laughs> right talking like six years ago. Yeah, I mean this is the most important role he's ever had on a team. I mean he's never had to mm-hmm. be the second option. I mean he and he showed he that he could step up and be a, a low tier. I get you could say second option scoring option on the team because I mean. It was really it was him and Paul George. I mean, Marcus Morris had his games, but he was very inconsistent. Uh, yeah. Games five and six for Morris was really good, but yeah, Reggie Jackson was consistently our second scoring option, and he was honestly a very reliable one. I mean, he averaged over twenty points a game this series, and that's not easy to do, especially in such an intense playoff environment. It's very hard to step your game up as much as Reggie Jackson did. So for him to prove that he could do that, I mean, if if Kawhi was playing and Reggie Jackson was playing at this level, you easily have the championship team here. So he's proven, hey, I can be a number three option on a championship contending team. And that is going to earn him a big contract in this season. I I hope that we can be a runner in that, obviously. Uh, because I mean, as far as point guards go, I, I would love to have Reggie Jackson back on the Clippers, but uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of caps, not a lot of cap space to work with, and we're gonna definitely prioritize resigning Kawhi. But wherever he goes, if he does end up being the number three option on the team, I feel like that that team has a good chance of being a playoff contender with the way he's able to step his game up. Yeah, and you got to think he wants to come back. Losing oh, the yeah. way you lose, and you you put together a good fighting chance, and with your best player on the team, you know, sitting out with injury, you got to think you have a chance again next year. And those are the two pieces: Kawhi and Jackson. If the Clippers mm-hmm. bring them back, they're they're then they're right there again. I mean, you got other pieces like Cousins, but I think you can easily cousins actually i mean let's give a little shout out to cousins though he actually (laughs) played pretty well when zubak got hurt i think he had like Mm -hmm. 15 points in 10 minutes in that game five i mean he only was able to play like 10 minutes and maybe that was just tyloo being very conservative with him but i mean he showed that he can still show flashes of old demarcus cousins and i'm i'm hoping that someone gives him the chance to at least get some backup center minutes somewhere because the dude can still ball. Yeah, i I think I think we saw some good stretches from him. I think it, it'll take some time for him to get his some legs back under him. But yeah, he did put some good stretches on, under him. I could tell that Chris Paul was really getting under his skin mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> at times in that game, game five, I believe, or game six. Yeah, um, but then okay, so the other guy we need to mention Nick Batum. I mean, yeah. this is another guy that we had on a minimum deal this year that is going to be almost impossible to get back on another minimum deal because he was extremely crucial to this team when we went with the small ball lineup with the Jazz and with the mm-hmm. Suns. I mean, he was the guy guarding the big. I mean, he, he held his own against both Gobert and Ayton 
when we put him in there. He was making amazing defensive plays, making some big three-point shots for us and critical points. I mean, Batum thrived in this role with us, for our team, and I would be pretty upset if we weren't able to re-sign him also. He just he really just fits a mold where that he just does a lot of the intangible stuff that other guys don't want to do. And I think he was a big part of our success in these last two rounds, especially. Yeah. The star of the role, and he's just another chess piece there for, for Tyron Lue to respond with. Um, now the Clippers go into this offseason with, with the big Kawhi Leonard contract. There was like something that came out that Kawhi wasn't happy with the training staff. And there wasn't like an official yeah, report. To him. I'm not sure how much truth there is there. How are you feeling, Sean, about this Kawhi Leonard situation? I mean, the the reports definitely make me a little nervous. But uh, yeah, like you said, like how much merit there actually is to them. Who knows? They could just be mm-hmm. like Miami beat writers trying to <laughs> lure Kawhi out, out of the Clippers. But I, I think we proved to Kawhi that this team can win a championship. I mean, he's got yeah. he's got to think, hey, if I'm there, we beat the Suns easily. I mean, you you talk about game two only losing by one point, game four only losing by four points. I mean, that Kawhi is easily that difference, right? And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think that we're his best shot. I, I mean, obviously he could pull something stupid and go to like, I don't know, L.A. Lakers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like, where else could sign? I mean, I've heard talks of Miami. I don't think Miami gives him a better chance. I mean, Jimmy Butler is not better than Paul George. I think Paul George has proven that now, and the rest of the supporting cast ain't ain't that much, you know. I mean, Tyler Harrow we thought was good. He's garbage, and Duncan Robinson he's he's pretty mediocre. It's like, mm. uh, yeah, I I mean. Maybe Bam Adebayo is is tempting there, but other than that, it's like there's really not a lot there to offer, and I don't think you're really improving your title chances by going to another team. I think you come back with the Clippers, you run it back with Paul George in this squad. I mean, you already have a little bit of the chemistry there. I I I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to talk myself into it too, but <laughs> I, I feel like we've shown Kawhi that this team can win a title and. If yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other uh, things he's got going on in his mind about it. Maybe the training staff isn't great. I mean, they weren't able to get him back on the court, obviously. So I don't know. Maybe that conversation needs to be had. But I, I really hope he stays. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you. I think you nailed it on the head. Is like I don't really think there is outside of some elaborate sign in trades. There really aren't very many situations he could just plug himself into and have a better chance at an NBA title. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there the teams that could afford him straight up is not many Miami. Heat probably being the biggest one, most tempting one, but I, I don't think it's puts him in any better spot. Like you mentioned. And I think the big, the big other X factor is the Clippers have Steve Ballmer now. <laughs> and I don't think Steve Ballmer is going to let a guy like Kawhi Leonard just walk away. I know mm-hmm. he hasn't been an NBA owner for very long, but Judging from the way he pays attention to this game and how much yeah. he's invested for the Clippers, this is a man that knows he needs stars on his roster mm-hmm. and wants them there. And and he has not gone on the cheap end <laughs> for this team so far. And, you know, building the new stadium, 
designing logos, new logos, you know, new brand positioning for this team. Like, yeah, he he's not going to let this star player go, and I think mm-hmm. Hawaii should should probably will probably feel that as well. Um, if the training staff isn't up to par, I'm sure Steve Ballmer will fire them and right? fire the staff. <laughs> That'll keep his multi-million dollar star player in in Los Angeles for, for five more years. Yeah, it so. can't be that hard to find top of the line training staff if you're that rich, right? Like you got it can't be that hard. Just throw money at the it's, problem. It's, it's significantly easier than finding a top five NBA All Star <laughs> for sure, right? <laughs> you gotta think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just it doesn't seem that hard to have a good training staff, you know? Yeah, and yeah, I, I do I, feel like Steve Ballmer's willing to go deep into the luxury tax to get Leonard back. Hmm. I think so, and do whatever he needs to do. I think to keep this roster intact and keep swapping pieces. I mean, got rid of Doc Rivers, swapped in Tyron Lue, did. Previous championship coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he brought in some pieces, so I think he's willing to do what he needs to do. Uh, moving on from the Clippers, though, unless Sean, you had anything else to say here? Um, nah. And shout out to Ty Lu, man. The dude, that dude <laughs> proved that he is a worthy NBA coach, man. That that was an impressive performance. Yeah, impressive run. So here we go, Bucks taking out the Hawks four two. Uh, this was an ugly series. Mm-hmm. Not the not my most favorite Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> to watch, even though it was competitive. Uh, when Trey Young was in there, it was a heck of a series to watch, mm-hmm. just because I really ha- did not have much faith in this team. But for them to steal Game One and then take another win um, when Giannis goes down and the energy from that stadium just gets sucked out. The roster looks awful after that moment for good reasons, <laughs> right? The Hawks really just take advantage of that moment and take another win. But yeah. shout out to the Hawks for bouncing back, but also shout out to Nate McMillan for getting his team in a good spot. John Collins is a restricted free agent next year, but I'm sure this Hawks team wants him back. The vets they had on that team really carried, continued carrying this team. And there's some bright spots for this Hawks, despite going down here. And I'm sure it's a bittersweet end to their season going down four two against the against the Bucks. Right, and I mean, yeah, it, there's just so many what ifs, right? But it, it's on both yeah. ends, so it, it's pretty even. It's like both Trey Young and Giannis got hurt this series, so you really can't point fingers one way or another. And I feel like the Bucks had the advantage going into the series when everyone was healthy, so I think it played out exactly how it should have. Um, but yeah, I mean. I don't think the Hawks are very disappointed, honestly. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. gave them this chance to be two games within the NBA Finals, and you give a lot of credit to Nick McMillan, obviously not even just for the postseason, but for turning around their regular season to even give them this chance. Right. And they had one of the best regular season records after the All-Star break because of this man. And, you know, we were all like, oh, that's really good for them, but they they have no playoff experience, but maybe they'll lose to the Knicks. I mean, we've come a long way from there. They've they've separated themselves quite a bit from the Knicks, who we saw as an even team going into these right. these playoffs. And man, I feel pretty dumb for thinking that now after what we've seen this <laughs> Hawks team go through. And now, I mean, just kind of like the Suns, like they're they're going into next season, like they have the youth, right? Like the youth movement between those two teams. I mean, it's incredible how you can have so many guys under the age of 24 just perform so well on this big, on the biggest stage. And I mean, if they resign John Collins, this whole team comes back essentially outside of 
like maybe some of your bench warmers and, and Lou Williams as well, who maybe comes back on like a minimum deal. That would be pretty easy right. for him. But yeah, this whole team, I mean, they get another whole year together and, and who knows? I mean, there's a lot of improvement to be had here between, I mean, even Trey Young. I mean, he's just such a young superstar for him to improve his game. I mean, John Collins, he looks like he's just filling whatever role he needs to fill. And Clint Capella had a resurgence in his career, and and you even have the the depth to back them up throughout the regular season. With like the the guy I want to mention the most right now is Cam Reddish. This yeah. this Surprise. guy could be a superstar in the league if he gets the opportunity, because that game six performance when it looked like the mm-hmm. game was over. Holy crap, this guy did not let up a freaking inch. He just comes off the bench, scores 21 points with 6 of 7 from 3 almost entirely in that last quarter, and he had the look of just a pure contender. Like, he was not going to give up until the final second of this game, and, and for a guy this young to be able to do this, who's gotten a lot of hype throughout his career, both in high school and in college, but he's always kind of been that second, third fiddle guy, and especially at Duke when you're talking about Zion and R.J. Barrett. I mean, Reddish has always taken that back seat. And, and again, he does it here to Trey Young, obviously, and a lot of these other young Hawks. But this dude's got a killer instinct. And I can see really good things coming from this guy in the next few years to where it's going to be hard for the Hawks to keep him around because they're probably going to be locked into a lot of deals. We, we could see... An all-star on the making here with Cam Reddish. Maybe not next year, but in two years' time, if they give him the playing time and the, and the opportunity, this dude is special on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it's an interesting dilemma they have here, which we thought at the beginning of the year would be a bigger issue than it really was this year. But who knows when you get guys like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish knocking at that door a bit harder mm-hmm. than you thought they would. It's going to make it interesting for next year. But yeah, because you got Cam Reddish, you got Gallo, you got Bogdanovic, uh, DeAndre Aiden. I mean, DeAndre Aiden, DeAndre Hunter. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) DeAndre Hunter. um, And John Collins all kind of playing a very similar role, sort of uh, outside shooters um, who are multiversal, can guard the wings and also rebound the ball really Mm -hmm. well. Uh, So... But at the same time, you got a lot of now chess pieces to potentially play around with when it comes to small ball lineups. So many good pieces. And I think think a lot of this Cam Reddish performance came from the result of the dude only played like 20 games in the regular season. (laughs) Yeah, no. And he rarely played in this playoff, Mm -hmm. in this whole playoff run. he came back, what, like game four of this series? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think this was just something that was sitting in there for a while. So... Yeah, it's a dangerous thing because he's fresh and maybe this is what he's got in him. And if you can keep all these pieces together and you just whip them out, you know, in the playoffs, you insert a chess piece here that's feeling a bit fresh as a result of, you know, having depth on your roster. That's a dangerous advantage to have. I mean, dangerous in a good way Mm -hmm. for Atlanta to have. And if they can hang on to this, they'll definitely be a player uh, in next year's playoffs. I mean, I fully expect them to. I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen with the 76ers, <laughs> but it's really tempting to say that I see them as a favorite to also make the Eastern Conference next year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but I also have other reasons for that. I'm not super high on Boston. I'm not. Uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> we know, know we know you're not super high on Boston. 
Yeah, but so I, I'm I'm really impressed overall with this with this Hawks team. And on the other side of that is the the Brooklyn. I mean the Brooklyn Nets, the Bucks coming in here just playing playing to their strengths again, just really slowing the pace down, playing some hard nosed defense, and exhausting the Hawks here. Outside of Cam Reddish, all the players looked like they were ready to just call it in. <laughs> right. Like when that second yeah. half started, it looked like they were they could not wait for the game to be uh, over, jump on the plane. And, and Chris just, Middleton just lit them up. Yep. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. I mean, the these bigs, Bobby Portis had himself yeah. quite the hell of a start to that mm-hmm. game. I mean, Brooke Lopez, PJ Tucker just holding down the four inside the basket and not letting the Hawks get any easy looks to to get started, but pretty stunned with what I saw from this from this Bucks team to close it in, and yeah, I'm excited to see them move on. Yeah, I mean, Middleton really looked like a top 20 player, maybe a top 15 mm-hmm. player even in, in this game because he proved just with this game he could be a number one option when needed to, and it's kind of... This is the type of performance that I think I've wanted from Tobias Harris for the last few years. Yeah. Because we saw glimpses of it when he played for the Clippers, and it's completely disappeared when he went to Philadelphia. I've always really compared these two guys as very similar game styles, very similar players, and Middleton has been the one that stepped up his game. Like, he's clearly ascended to that level of he can lead a team to a championship, which I never thought Middleton had in him. But, I mean, he clearly has stepped up when it's mattered most. I mean, obviously, he got some big help from Brooke Lopez in Game 5 with the 33 points out of nowhere on 14-18 mm-hmm. shooting. And then Drew Holiday, I mean, he just had a hell hell of a playoff series. I mean, this is, this is what they brought him in for, right? I mean, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 10 assists, great defense, on everyone basically there was there was plays where holiday was like basically guarding the entire hawks team and (laughs) yeah this dude was locked in and that he's doing exactly what they need him to do yeah it's it's funny you mentioned chris middleton and the tobias harris comparison because i because they are sort of connected just because they're sort of the same age so Mm -hmm. they've kind of were in that same same class of same height uh, same yeah yeah. (laughs) i think the Slight difference was just maybe Tobias Harris has a bit more of a big big band game than Chris Middleton, but Chris Chris Middleton has ascended that. And the well, the main point I wanted to make was like both those guys I think were big question marks on whether they they could they should have a, a max contract, right. and they were both yeah. sort of <laughs> in that line whether like you could see yourself giving it to them just because their skill set warranted that they're mm-hmm. they're six eight they can shoot really well they can shoot from the free throw line yeah, really well the three too. great defenders but on the other side you could also see them not getting it because locking in that much salary into a what into a player who is only a borderline all-star team and, and is really worthy of being your second best player for trying to win a championship was a big question mark mm-hmm. and a fair question mark and both of these franchises you know took took that jump uh the Bucks and the 76ers. And I had that big question about Chris Middleton too. I was like, whoa, this is it. Like, this is who they're committing to. I don't think that's enough. Like, we might not see the Bucks make the finals again mm-hmm. and, or like ever, ever make the finals. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he has, he has played it into his contract, I think, really well. And he's gotten better every single year. And I think when they were passing around that Eastern Conference 
finals trophy, it really felt like Chris Middleton should be the the main dude holding it because yeah. he has carried this team throughout this run. He's been a consistent force. I think he's in troubles in that net series, but who didn't? But yeah, to close it off, 32 points, really just be aggressive across the entire game. Uh, uh, yeah, Chris Middleton has, you know, he, he is truly worthy of an all-star uh, mark and to be the second best player on this team is is astonishing. Would you him. say that Chris Middleton is a top fifteen player in the league now? I feel like it. Yeah. I definitely wow. do. To to be able to consistent like forty percent in this closing game and just hanging on all all playoffs despite what the rest of the team is doing. I, I think so, man. At this point, I think he really has played himself into a top fifteen spot. Dang, yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue against it. There, I mean, obviously, there's so much talent in the league, but yeah, Middleton mm-hmm. showed that he he can play with the best of them. I mean, obviously, Trey Young was hobbled, and the Hawks team was kind of hurting, but yeah, he showed up when he needed to. And the Trey Young point too. I mean, the the bone bruise that he sustained from stepping on the ref, like it, it's it's so brutal. But he was able to come back for this game six, but. I think the question is, should he really have come back? Because he shot 4 of 17 from the field. He looked pretty gassed during the game. He had 9 assists, but like, we saw Lou Williams play amazing for this team in in Game 4. And much better than Trey Young was able to put up this game. And I mean, I think he only played like 11, maybe 12 minutes in this game. Like, would... The Hawks have had a better shot if Lou Williams was in the game and maybe could have helped stifle the run that Middleton went on in the third quarter and maybe maybe gotten in a few baskets here and there instead of Trey Young. That's an interesting question, and I I thought about it too as I was watching Game Five and Game Six. I was like, this team I think looked better without Trey Young, <laughs> and Trey Young looks awful. He looks like every time he grabs the ball, he's thinking about the discomfort he's mm-hmm. feeling and it's fair for him to feel that way. But for that same reason, I think the team should have maybe or Nate McMillan. I mean, it's tough to do with your young star. I'm sure he's hungry to be out there and you never know if you're going to make it to the Eastern conference finals again. You think mm-hmm. so with a young squad like this, but you don't know for sure. So I know it's tough to sit him down, but I think Nate McMillan should have made a call there and ran with the guys who helped them steal a couple, be in those games without Trey uh, so yeah, I mean, and I mean, I think they got p- pieces you can rely on, like Lou Williams and Bogdanovic to to handle the ball and handle that offense. So I was a bit surprised for to them to have leaned on Trey as much as they did in those two games. Thirty, I mean, I think I could have, I think could have been justified to throw him out there for maybe twenty five to thirty minutes, but not the full thirty minute plus. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like it's hard because it's like you want to give the guy credit for like coming out in Game Six and like my team's on the brink of elimination. I I want to step up and be there for them, but mm-hmm. I, it's just you know sometimes the the most spirited effort isn't the right decision, you know. And yeah. I, I'm not saying that Lou Williams would have changed the game for him, but. Uh, maybe it would have been closer, honestly. I don't know. I, I, I They were at home. So uh, Lou Williams, I mean, him and the ATL go hand in hand. So I, I think that he could have gotten some energy from the crowd just as much as Trey Young could have. But he is healthy. And I don't know. It's, it is a really hard decision to make. I'm sure in the moment it's it's like if you're Nate McMillan, like how much, how much flack would you get 
if you brought in Lou Williams and it gets even worse. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's tough, but yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. You go against the grain of like, you, you play your star players, right? You, that, that would be what it's doing right there. Yeah. And I mean, I think Trey Young just changes the identity of this team so much when you put them out there versus having the other pieces you have. So it's like you either play around Trey Young and, and have him take the shots that he takes to create flow for your offense and eventual flow also for your defense. But if he's not knocking those down. It's so tough to, mm-hmm. to get into the flow that you're used to when he's on the floor. So I do feel like it would probably, you probably could have gotten a couple more better plays out of the team if you'd taken Trey Young out of him. Um, and, and, you know, instead of giving him 17 shots <laughs> and 30 plus, 30 plus minutes, like, Give him a bit less and and see see if you can see if that works a little bit better for for you for the for the team. Yeah. No. Oh, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, but mm-hmm. all in all, great great season for the Hawks. They'll be back next year for sure, and I'm excited to see what Nate McMillan can do with this team for a full year. I mean, this this is all, with only half the year he was able to do this with this mm-hmm. team, and I mean they they love deserved extension. Him. Yeah, well deserved. Got got his four year extension. Uh, getting that big payday. Hopefully, uh, they give him that chance, and I don't call it finals or bust year one, or we take away your contract, like a lot of mm-hmm. NBA teams seem to be doing these days. But yep. the, the dude's earned his paycheck for sure. I'm, I, I think that it couldn't have been an easier decision for them. Agree. Um, we'll talk about Chris Middleton more because now we are in the finals mm-hmm. preview. Here we are. Suns versus Bucks. We got to talk about these two teams now. What it means for them two to play each other. Not anything emotional, but <laughs> what what we can expect to see here. We're locking in our finals um, takes here. Bucks first time since 1974. Suns first time since 1993. We get the two top defensive rated playoff teams facing off, and what I'm going to call not a very pretty <laughs> NBA Finals. <laughs> Both these both these teams are in the bottom half, fifty the lesser fifty percentile mm-hmm. in terms of offensive rating. Uh, both of these teams love to make the bulk of their shots close to the basket. Uh, they're nine and twelve in terms of three point attempts. Jazz obviously number one here. Mm-hmm. So again, in the second half of the in terms of three point attempts, not a team that makes a lot of threes despite the Milwaukee Bucks attempting uh, more than the Suns. So, again, these are two teams that have relied on guys like a DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker, uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and we know the Bucks, the pair of big guys that they have as well in Brooke Lopez, P.J. Tucker, and Bobby Portis, who they throw out there. And the Suns a lot on DeAndre Aiden making close shots, Chris Paul making those mid-rangers, and Devin Booker as well. So this is going to be an interesting series with these two teams both really liking a grueling game, letting their defense hang, letting their big guys uh, make close ba- shots close to the basket and hang around the mid-range area. So I'm really interested to see what these are going to look like, how the Bucks are going to respond with, De- with to DeAndre Aiden without Giannis out there. And can Bobby Portis continue his run? <laughs> Brooke Lopez continue his run too? And Chris Middleton, if he wants to really continue playing off that this is his moment here to really ascend and he's going up against you know if we're talking if chris middleton is top 15 one of the guys he's got to beat out is it's devin booker mm-hmm. um yeah. and chris paul as well both guys who are knocking <laughs> there so can chris can chris middleton continue to carry the offense for the bucks and 
their team still continue to hang and slow down what's been an offensive weapon of efficiency in DeAndre Aiden and the mid-range weapons and Devin Booker and Chris Paul. This this is exciting. I, I can't wait to see on the defensive side, if you like defensive basketball, mm-hmm. this is this is it. Oh yeah. And I, I love defensive basketball. Not a lot of people do, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think true NBA fans can appreciate quality defense. And yeah, I think you're right. This is going to be a very defensive series. We might even see a few games go well underneath 100 points to win the game. I mean, we even saw <laughs> yeah. it in the Clippers series with the Suns Clippers. One of those games was like 84 to 80. And you're like, how do you all right. score 84 points in a modern NBA game? It looks like a third quarter mm-hmm. uh, final. Like you still got one more quarter to go. But I, I think that we will see some of those for this series, especially with Giannis being out for the Bucks in game one. Most likely he's doubtful for game one. And that's a lot of points off the board right there. You're, I mean, Bobby Porsche can give it his all, but he's likely not going to make up all of Giannis's points that he'd normally get. So I think this will be quite a defensive battle. I mean, Drew Holiday, defensive mind, Chris Middleton, great defender, and Lopez and Aiden. That's going to be a really fun matchup to watch. And the matchups across the board will be really fun to watch, but I mean, it, it really does come down to Giannis. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like the same thing with Kawhi in the Clippers series. It's like the, the Bucks can put up a big fight. But the Suns are fully healthy right now, and it's hard to beat a fully healthy team at this point in the season. And so, especially with the depth that the Suns have, the Suns have, I mean, they got Cam Johnson coming off the bench, Torrey Craig, um, Cameron Payne, and they they have a great eight-man rotation. Whereas the Bucks, I mean, outside of Bobby Portis, you got to hope Bryn Forbes like comes out and scores for you. You gotta, you gotta hope that Pat Connaughton can bring some really quality defense because they don't have a a huge depth like the Suns have. Like their their rotation, especially without Giannis, it, it's very very shallow. And so you're relying mm-hmm. a lot on Holiday and Middleton for most of your production, um, and that's very hard for a full seven game series. So. Hopefully Giannis can come back at least by game three, maybe when they go back to Milwaukee, is what I'm thinking is most realistic if he was even considered to be able to play for game one, um, which is I think is a miracle after the injury he looked like he sustained in the Hawks series. Um, but for me, I mean, unless Giannis can come back healthy, it's just it's hard for me to see because even even with Giannis healthy in the regular season the Suns still won that regular season matchup 2-0 um but they only won both those games by one point which is crazy (laughs) so you know this these two teams can be very evenly matched oh it it's gonna be a slugfest and I I don't I'm gonna have to give it to the Suns I'm gonna have to go with Chris Paul I'm going to have to go with his desire and passion to win after a long, a grueling, long 16-year NBA career to finally get that championship that's eluded him for so long in so many different situations. To get it with this young Suns team will be very poetic. And I, I think it's going to be a seven-game series, though. I think it's going to be really seven hard games. fought. It's going to, I think this is going to be an amazing series for basketball fans. Like... Every game's going to be just beautiful to watch. There's going to be great schemes on both sides. 
and it's going to come down to seven, and they're going to win it in front of the, in front of their home fans in the Valley, and it's, it's going to be a pretty beautiful moment. Um, that's that's <laughs> what I'm going with. Nice. I I, I got to agree. The Giannis thing is obviously the X factor here, but I'm leaning towards the Suns based off everything we know right now, which is unknown about when Giannis is yeah. really going to play and, and what he's even going to look like. So based off that, I'm going with the Suns and – as much as I've talked about that these two teams are defensive, you know, the highest defensive rated teams in the playoffs so far, both of them have found ways to be grueling, slow down players like LeBron, uh, the MVP and Jokic and, uh, you know, and the matchup with the, with the same intensity that guys like Pat Beverly and the rest of those Clippers brought. I think the Suns do have more potential to get hot than the Bucks do for the same reasons you listed, Sean. The pieces off the bench for the Bucks have always been a problem all regular season and through this playoff run, but they've somehow managed to make it work because Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and one of these other guys finds ways to do it, and they lock down defensively and figure out how to slow teams down. And they're going to do that to the Suns, And but at some point I do think the Suns will find a way to get hot with the pieces they have and that'll open up the game and and the Bucks will have a hard time closing in if the Suns find the way to build up a 10 point lead, 12 point lead and yeah. it'll be hard for them to climb back and I think the Suns will do that more times through this series and I see them winning this in 6 games. 6 games, okay. Um, I, yeah, and I don't think we see Giannis in game 1. No. If we see him, I think I think we see him until game 3 and by then might be too uh, it's hard to say what it's it's hard to say how 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 well he's gonna look but i'm not super i'm not super optimistic we'll see 100 percent Giannis out there so that yeah. and just the reasons that i think this team can get hot more pieces more chess pieces offensively too for the suns i think they're taking this in game six chris paul is gonna hoist that championship Man. and <laughs> crazy <laughs> yep It'll be crazy for him. So long, so many years he's waited. 36, right? I think he yeah, is. Yeah, 36 years old. Yep. Came in the league at 20. 16, 16th year in the league. Mm-hmm. Finally gets it with like the young with the young guys. Not with James Harden on the Rockets. Not with Lob City of the Clippers. He, he gets it with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And Monty Williams, who he came in with right. um, back in the New Orleans days. So... That'd be crazy, especially for a for a little guy, six two, six three. To <laughs> not, be no, that's the generous first and too. second option. <laughs> yeah, to be the first and second option at that age on this at this stage of the game, that's really impressive. That's historic, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on par with if LeBron James's it. conditioning. Honestly, like the the way that he's been able to keep his game up after all these years, it's it's amazing. But yeah, I really hope Giannis can come back at least game two optimistically because it just it doesn't feel doesn't feel right without him being there you know it's like he's he's been loyal to the bucks this whole time like he's been like yeah i'm i'm just going to stick it out with them and i'm going to trust them to put a finals contending roster around me and they've done it mm-hmm. but he's hurt and it's just it's really painful for me to see that and be like this is his shot you know like he he's at the finals but he can't play like that's got to be so infuriating for him so i really hope he can come back for game two i really don't think he's gonna play game one but game two man he's gonna do everything in his power to get in there yeah i am still not super optimistic about game two i think game three Hold them for game three. Let them ride the home crowd. <laughs> Give them just a couple more days to recover. Yeah. 
Uh, Man, but I definitely I, it's want to probably see a smart thing well. to do. But yeah, when you're at the finals, you're like, I could play six games if I need to. Like, yeah, because it is pretty big if you can split those first two games, mm-hmm. especially if you're the road team. Like that, right. that that adds that pressure back to back to the, exactly. the home team. Yeah. So I think he'll definitely want to to come back as soon as he can, even if. Maybe that two days extra rest gives him that opportunity to get back to like ninety percent Giannis versus like seventy five percent Giannis, mm-hmm. and 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 lower his risk of re injury. I think is a big thing too. It's like you don't want to see what happened to, to Kevin Durant or Clay Thompson with the Warriors run a few years ago. Like that's that would be the worst case scenario. So I hope I hope whatever path he takes, it it doesn't end in him getting re injured. Yeah. Either way, if they're gonna win this, if maybe you get a Giannis replacement in Portis and Lopez, Portis going seventeen and eight, Just bring in, in the other Antetokounmpo, Orthanasis, <laughs> yeah, or Brooke Lopez, twenty three point seventy percent from the field, you're gonna need a performance like oh, yeah. that again. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm <laughs> sure we'll see some. I think Drew Holiday is gonna have a big game in one of these, one of the, one of these first two games in Phoenix. I think Drew Holiday is going to come out and he's going to ball because and he's been waiting for this moment too. I mean, th- he knows he was brought to this team specifically for this moment, and he he played his his ass off in, in the last series. I think he's hungry. Yeah, or you got you also got yeah Drew Holiday is hungry. Then you got another guy like a PJ Tucker, right? Who's been mm, on teams. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll want to go at Chris Paul for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you have guys who, I mean, Jay Crowder too. He's been on a couple teams, those Celtic teams, the Cavalier team that should, you know, that had the finals in mind, mm-hmm. didn't quite get there. So you got some guys who have been around yeah. and I think will add some fire to both squads. Is is PJ Tucker going to go up against Jay Crowder on both sides? That'd be pretty fun to watch. This is <laughs> these two bulldog dudes just like going at each other. That yeah. that might end in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a there's any good reason for them to actually guard each other. I'm sure uh, they'll throw PJ at uh, DeAndre Aiden. They'll throw PJ at um, I don't know at Devin Booker a couple times. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> think Jay Crowder will probably well Jay Crowder will probably spend a lot of time on Chris Middleton. Mm. No need to put him on PJ Tucker. Wait, wait PJ Tucker. He's on the same team as Middleton though. I mean, Jay Crowder will be <laughs> oh, on, yeah, on yeah. Chris okay. Middleton. <laughs> I don't think you will put Jay Crowder on PJ Tucker many times that'd be funny yeah (laughs) but yeah you're probably right anyways to close the podcast up we got to give a shout out to luca he may not be in the playoffs but the dude is still balling in some ways maybe better than he did during the regular nba Mm -hmm. season he's still riding the hot streak from the playoffs he dominates in the olympic qualifier and sending his home team slovenia to its first olympic showing Ever and his triple double hmm. win in a 96 85 win against Lithuania. International basketball is right around the corner. Um, should give us a nice break through the summertime. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we're gonna have the finals for the next few weeks, and then that goes right into the Olympics. And I mm-hmm. believe the Olympic action for like the like they split them into four groups A, B, C, and D. Yep. And I think the group play starts on the 25th, which is like a week after the finals are over. So we don't really have to worry too much about not having basketball. And then maybe we'll even get summer league after that. And it's just, you know, we just keep on rolling through, you know, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, heck of a time. Thanks for the the longer NBA finals. I oh, I always get myself, stop myself thinking. I'm like, wow, I feel like this NBA season has gone really long. And <laughs> not that it's gone really long. It's that we just already have a champion. We actually have a parade done and over with by now. But right. now we're going to see this NBA final series start. So excited <laughs> about that. Bucks yeah. versus Suns. Cover it all here. And what chance do you give Luca at a medal in the Olympics? Oh, I don't know much about this his Slovenia <laughs> teammates, and there's probably a good reason for that because they're not very good. So, I mean, international game is just so funky sometimes. You just also don't know how the favorites, like the U.S., is going to truly play. Mm-hmm. And some of these squads actually play together a lot through right. various international tournaments. Than our team does. So, and then you add to it a top five player in the world. I guess there's there's a chance. So I don't really know too much about the, honestly, the, the whole pool of the international team. But just sure. based off that, knowing that Luca's on this team, I give him a good chance at the bronze. Zero chance at the gold, <laughs> but good chance at the bronze. <laughs> yeah, you don't think this U.S. team's gonna gonna poop the bed? <laughs> no, they shouldn't. They they, they never should, but they did that one time. <laughs> they 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 can. Yeah, it's definitely they can, but. They shouldn't. And Luca, you'll take the bronze. Yeah. And I like bronze for Luca. <laughs> yeah, it's a higher it's, finish. I mean, than... Spain always has a really good team. So they're probably silver favorites. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's still some pieces to, to be said of whether, you know, oh, I think most of them have been confirmed. Ben Simmons is not playing for Australia. Right. So that's a player out. From I saw. There. I saw a funny thing that said Schroeder wants to play for Germany. Yeah, Schroeder. Now that they've made the Olympics, like he didn't want to <laughs> play for them when they needed to qualify, but now that they've qualified, he wants to play for them. Man, this guy's garbage. Get, <laughs> get, uh, get this guy. I can't. Be- I get this guy out of here, man. I'm so done with Schroeder. I'm so done with him. But it's honest. But we may have no choice but to bring him back. But I'm I'm so done. With oh him. man! Uh, if you do bring him back, it better not be more than like fifteen million a year. Yeah, hundred million. Get that. Shit. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. Get done. Four years, a hundred million. Oh, no, no way. No way. You know who deserves that? Who deserves four years, hundred million? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there are not many players that deserve $100 million. Like, I could see John Collins getting oh, that money. Oh, yeah. No, John yeah. Collins, definitely. He might be even John asking Co- for more. Yeah, like, John Collins is who, you know, he, you're 23, and you're a big dude, and you come, you show up in playoff games. Yeah, come on, Schroeder. Schroeder. I don't want to sound like I'm ageist, but there's a difference. Oh, no, he's no, he's not <laughs> worth more than $15 million. He might not even be worth that. Yeah, get out of here with that hundred million dollar <laughs> talk, and I'll join the now that you now that I think you're somewhat decent. I'll join your team. Yeah, right. Schroeder, I, I hope he get plays for Germany, and he's the reason that they get bounced out before like group plays over. All <laughs> <sighs> that'd be the ultimate story, right? <laughs> well, we'll have it here. You know, we'll cover. We'll have a Schroeder segment <laughs> once the once the once the Olympics really start kicking off. Love it, uh, but. We'll also cover the NBA Finals, of course. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in week in and week out. We got it all here. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone. Peace.